Hello and welcome to Banking Under Pressure, the banker's podcast series that looks at how the financial sector and banks are responding to the COVID-19 crisis. I am joined by Tim Adams, who is the CEO of the Institute of International Finance. Tim, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be with you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. So uh, the IF clearly has uh, a very large uh, number of members, uh, around 450 from 70 different countries. So you're in a really good position to take the, po- the pulse of um, how the financial system is feeling at the moment. What is on the top of the worry list for IIF members? Well, right now we want to, just want to keep uh, capital flowing to the real economy. We want to ensure that as financial intermediaries that we're doing our part to support economic activity, economic growth, and try to cushion this the economic impact of this pandemic. So it's making sure credit lines are open, our clients uh, have access to capital, and that the, the system continues to function the best we can given the circumstances. The second is ensuring the plumbing works not only just in the banking channels but through capital market channels and that uh, inter, uh, financial, intermedi- financial intermediation is occurring and occurring in a way that that is efficient and is not uh, destabilizing. Three is the the run-up in debt. We put out our uh, global debt monitor earlier this week. We've seen a rapid rise in debt globally of over $70 trillion since the great financial crisis. So we have to watch uh, balance sheets, including uh, sovereign balance sheets. And then lastly, we worry about the next wave of this crisis and what it means for developing countries and emerging markets that lack the financial and healthcare infrastructure that we have in the industrialized world it may see fairly devastating consequences for many poor countries around the world. So we're focused on how we can help keep those economies afloat. So arguably, uh, banks now are in a better, more solid position than they were um, since the financial crisis. Um, And uh, they are really being called upon to offer solutions. So while before they were at the epicenter of the crisis, now they are in a position to perhaps offer help, not only to customers and clients, but also the community. how do you think uh, is this changing that the way that the, the whole community looks at banking, but also the way the regulators are involved in banks' activity? Yeah, it's a great question. We are a part of the solution without question. And we're in such a much better shape than we were 10 years ago. We have much more quality, uh, high-quality capital. We've, the industry globally has raised over $3 trillion worth of capital. We have less leverage, more liquidity, a different sourcing of funding, uh, less reliance on wholesale, more reliance on deposits. We've been stress testing our balance sheets for years, and we have a very close relationship with our supervisors. So uh, in many respects, we're best positioned for this crisis than we have been in in probably any time in the modern era. We're in constant contact with regulators and supervisors. We're understanding uh, what role they want us to play in terms of changing uh, buffers on our balance sheets, uh, other kinds of counter-cyclical uh, uh, regulatory changes. But uh, the relationship between regulators and bankers has actually never been better. Um, and lastly, I also want to ask you about uh, a broader, your broader view on how the current pandemic and the, the forced lockdowns and travel bans are going to affect the way the financial services and banking services will be provided. So, uh, of course, we're going to rely more heavily on digital distribution, but what other issues do you think are here to stay and therefore have a long-lasting impact on banking? Sure. I, I, learning to work from anywhere and everywhere, the use of mobile devices, the, the capacity to, to work uh, from remote locations, you know, the nature of the of relationships are going to change. The personal relationship, the business relationship, is still very important, but we're just going to be doing it at, at a distance and via 
changing forms of technology, and I have no doubt the technology sector are going to provide us even better uh, sources of technological solutions. And then there's just the issues of uh, operational resilience, uh, cyber resilience, business continuity, more migration to the cloud. But the use of digital devices is certainly going to continue. It's a revolution that's already started, but will accelerate over the coming weeks and months. Tim, thank you so much for your comments. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.